Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can join us on the radio dial and online. I also want to thank those for joining us via the podcast as well. We're glad that you all could join us too. We know that in today's world, especially in a year like 2024, there are a lot of tough issues that are coming up, things that we all have to deal with, but it's not always easy to have conversations about. We're talking about things like race, class sexism. Our next guest has been able to create something that not only makes those conversations a little more palatable, but does it in a way that I think helps us to come together to be able to better understand what other people are going through. We're excited to welcome educator and entrepreneur Perry Clemens to our broadcast. He's the creator of a new board game called Inequalityopolis, the board game of structured racism and sexism in America. We'll talk to Perry not only about the board game, but also what led to creating it, what it's been like, and have some great conversations around him. And of course, let you guys know how to stay connected with him as well. Perry, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Definitely appreciate the time. And, and, you know, I think this is a conversation, as I was just saying to you before we went live here, Perry, is important. It's not always easy, but when you have something like a board game, like Inequalityopoly, to kind of help to set that stage, it really does kind of help people better understand what other people are dealing with, just from things sometimes that they have no control over. So I want to begin there. What has it been like for you, Perry, to see the conversations already coming about because of the board game? Well, I mean, it's so fun seeing the conversations that come about from the board game. I mean, um, you get a chance to experience um, the life of, the, of someone else during this game. So people really like like stepping into someone else's shoes and learning about something that they may not have known about. Like, for example, if you, um, you know, the, in the game, the prison industrial complex is very heavy. So if you go to prison industrial complex, which is like jail or prison, um, it's harder for you to get your mortgage approved. It's harder for you to get a job again. And it kind of really shows a really good way of showing the recidivism rate. Because um, even though someone wants to get a job and is trying to, when they get out to um, prison, and prisons are complex, it's hard. And this mm-hmm. game shows it. So, I mean, conversations have been fun. And, you know, I'm a teacher. I'm a, you know, I've taught third grade for a long time. And I know that games are some of the best ways to teach people concepts because people learn best by experiences. You know, people don't learn by just being taught that. So, experiences are really the best way. Yeah, and I think, too, Perry, this is something that, of course, you know, friends can be able to enjoy. But I was thinking about when I was prepping for this segment, I can see organizations being drawn to this as well and, and, and businesses. But that kind of your hope in this is that you would create something that would get us to talking, whether we're talking about it in the comfort of our home, but even in the workplace. Exactly. I mean, so you know, the birth of this game was I went to university training myself. I went to a lot of university trainings, and I know how important they are, but I was – not impressed by it. It was kind of like boring and I believe it wasn't engaging. So I made this game, you know, for that reason. So, you know, making a, um, making a game that actually people can experience is just a different way of having people understand the concept. Um, and I think it was, a, it was a fun thing to do. It took a while. I heard a lot of research, a lot of play testing. 
Sorry about that. I'm going to cut you off there, Perry. I was just going to say I heard in an interview that you gave uh, a while back, and you were talking about how even traveling, you know, out of the country, you know, kind of gave you a different worldview as well. Do you think things like that have definitely helped you to, to see not only, of course, what is going on in society here in in the United States, but also how people view us and the issues that we're grappling with? Yeah, I mean, I do think so. I mean, I get a lot of hits on my website from places all around the country, around the world. And, um, I mean, it's, it's a global conversation with the CEI. It's not racism and sexism isn't unique to our, our country, uh, unfortunately. So, I mean, these conversations are, are really important to have. And um, and they, they really tie in well with cultural competency. So, that being able to work with people from other cultures, we need to understand what they're going through, what kind of structures and obstacles are in place for them to live a happy, fruitful life. Exactly. Now, as people probably can tell by the name, Perry, um, you know, I, I, I know that Monopoly is your favorite board game. So kind of talk to us about how it all started. As you mentioned, you know, you've been able to see these things firsthand. You've been a part of these conversations. How did Inequalityopoly first come about as a game? Well, yeah, so when I worked at that diversity training, I thought the idea, because I was like, I know there's a better way to do diversity training. And um, as a long-time teacher, I knew gamification was the best way to do it. So then I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to make this game. What, what game, what, what popular game is the best way of showing America? Obviously Monopoly, right? Monopoly is obviously, you know, America in a board game in a way. Um, especially I thought when I first saw was teaching English as a second language, and I taught um, students who just came here from China, and there was like a um, cultural class that people learn about the culture of the country. First thing I did was play in a um, monopoly with them. I would understand the game and kind of the, kind of um, how things work in America and our, our system. And I think it was really fun for them to learn. So that's how it really first came when I was teaching at that college. But then later I was like, monopoly is a really perfect way to show this. So then I did some more research into monopoly and did you know that Monopoly was actually made by a woman um, no, named Elizabeth McGee? And she, she was a very politically involved woman, a suffragette, and also a dance comedian. She made this game to um, illustrate how Georgism, or what we will call socialism, how Georgism is a better way of having a um, system, and capitalism is really not the best way to you know, have a society. So the game had two different rules, a Monopoly rule, and top of this rules, like socialist rules. And you'll be able to play each version and see which is the better society, which one is the better place you want to live in. And of course, this woman who got very popular in this game, and um, she sold the rights to Parker Brothers for like $500. And they promised her that they would sell her version of the game and the monopolist version of the game so people would learn about socialism, learn about society, economies. But no, Parker Brothers only sold the monopolist version of the game and the rest is history. And this woman died penniless. Wow. And once I learned that, I'm like, I have to make this game now. Because it seems like this game was originally made not for the dangers of capitalism. But then it got changed into talking about how awesome capitalism is. But really, um, I was energized by that. So I was like, imagine if we make the same game that speaks on capitalism and the dangers of capitalism and add racism, add sexism, add homophobia, add all of these kinds of things into the game that make it harder for people to just live their own lives. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was the original of the game. Of course, there's a lot of playtesting, a lot of thank you for all the my friends and family who played the game with me when there was in this first version. 
Um, but when I really realized that I had to focus the game, like I couldn't make it on everything and racism and sexism, right? Uh, I mean, it's a huge umbrella topic. So I had to focus it on just wealth. So the game is focusing on things or certain structures or certain things that happen in society that um, make it harder to keep and acquire wealth. And that really helped me focus the game on what topics I should put in and out of the game because, of course, you know, with racism and sexism, Unfortunately, the topics that influences are never ending. Such a great point, and thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm sure a lot of our audience, including myself, Perry, did not know that about the about the the actual creator of Monopoly. So I appreciate you sharing that, and and that that goes to another big point too, because uh, I think for our radio audience here in the South, but also our online audience, Perry, as we kind of talk about you know this world that we live in, you know, one of the, the phrases that get thrown away around so much is uh, separate but equal. Uh, and so, of course, when you're talking about inequality, it is something that so many people feel in such an interesting way. And you're able to, through your game, show it literally from the beginning. I mean, in, in the traditional Monopoly game, we all start off with the same thing. It's not that, that case with uh, inequality in your game. So do you find that that's really when, when people first start the game, Perry, that that's when they first realize, you know what? that people are treated differently, but not only, of course, because of, you know, what they may may look like, but also even what gender they may be. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's, a, it's so, I mean, it starts from birth. You know, I mean, segregation was around, the Jim Crow was around, it was from death to birth, and it's still, and that quality is still from death to birth. There's, um, you know, the birth, birth um, rate and stuff like that, um, the maternal, maternal mortality, stuff like that. And I mean, you're born. I mean, in, in a Monopoly game, you, you begin the game, everyone begins with $2,000 and a piece and good luck. In this game, before the game even begins, there's three inheritance rounds. And the inheritance rounds show the hundreds of years of when um, people of color and women couldn't own property or maintain property or keep property legally. And so during that time, you have to roll to see if you inherit property. So before you even begin the game, before you're even in the present day, some people already have advantages. So I mean, this, this before the game begins, people learn how how um, unequal it is because the biggest um, driver of inequality in America, I was surprised to learn this, is inheritance because yeah. money is just being passed down from one family to another. Not not um, taxes aren't really paid on it very much, so they're not really going back to the community. It's just going from one family member to another family member with a lot of tax breaks and a lot of um, you know kind of, you know, using trust and stuff to avoid paying a lot of taxes. So inheritance is one of the biggest drivers of inequality. So by the time you're born, you're already either ahead or behind. Yeah. Such a powerful thing. That's why conversations like this are so important. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome to our broadcast today Perry Clemens. He's an educator, also an entrepreneur. He's also the creator of a board game that definitely has people talking and fits so much in what what we're seeing in the world today. It's called Inequalityopoly, the board game of structured racism and sexism in America. Uh, Perry, earlier in the conversation, you kind of told uh, about how this all went went into 
having people being able to test it, to be a part of it. I want to talk about the entrepreneurial side of this because as we're kicking off a new year, another thing, of course, people are thinking about is, you know, what if there's an idea that they've always had? Is this the time to do it? What was it that gave you the courage to move forward with something like this? Because not only, of course, is starting a new project in itself challenging, but definitely dealing with hot-button issues uh, like sexism, racism, definitely can make it even more so. What is it that kind of gave you that extra push to not only have the idea, but to see it through to the end? Well, a great question. I mean, I'm a serial entrepreneur. My dad's an entrepreneur. I, I love making things. My mom's also an artist. I'm a creative. I love a very, very creative person. Um, but, I mean, really what, what made this game, I think this game, the idea of the game started in 2016 during Trump's um, campaign and from going through Obama to Trump. So I was like, we're going to need <laughs> something told me we're going to need something like this because it was an interesting time during that time between, it's still an interesting time now. But even then it was very interesting seeing how, how much um, hatred was being brought up during that campaign. So um, that was one of the drivers for it. Also, I mean, I just like creating games. Monopoly is my favorite game. Um, so I thought it, was, it would be fun to, to recreate it. And I thought it would be fun to have people learn better about these, these topics because it's so, like, there's so many different studies on these topics that no one reads. I mean, I'm, myself included, right? If I wasn't doing this game, I wouldn't read these, games, read these studies. But there's so many studies by these dedicated researchers that study racism, sexism, all the implications and causes, but these these studies never even see the light of day. People don't read them. People don't experience them. So I say this is a really good way of making those studies into like a real life experience, so people can understand what happens and not just see a study and see a statistic. So yeah, I mean that's that's what really drove me to, to make the game, and um, and what I think what really um, helped me out was learning that like monopolies are very common games to play. I, I could just make my own version of, of Monopoly because, you know, it's not, like, totally protected. So that's yeah, was the last thing. I was like, okay, I can do this, and it won't, you know, it'll be protected. I'll, I'll be able to own it myself. Um, right. That also was good for me, too, because I didn't want to make it and, you know, have anyone sue me. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the fun part of the game. Yeah, it's the fun. I, I thought, I thought it would be fun, honestly. I didn't think about it as an entrepreneur, honestly. I thought it would be a fun thing to do. And it kind of just snowballed into something um, something bigger. I guess this is the country we're in, the time we're in. Um, yeah. You said in another interview, uh, Perry, that you also hope that, that, that students would be a part of this too. How do you see schools being able to use something like this? Yeah, so, I mean, as an educator, I'm, I'm always thinking about fellow educators and how to make their lives easier and more efficient. So this game is currently being played at colleges, uh, organizations, corporations, <clears throat> and specific, specifically high school and middle school students who really get it. I mean, I feel like they, um, when I work with them, they're kind of already already on the same page. They see the inequality, this generation's really seeing, you know, this stuff happen in real time, you know, so they're on, they're on track with it. So I, I think right. seeing the students really engaged with the game is really great because even if you're a student of color, you're learning about different obstacles that may be in your way, right, that you need to look out for because it's good to know obstacles before before they come, right? And people who are, people are not people of color, people, um, you know, white people can learn from this game too and learn, okay, how, is my, how are my individual actions affecting this? Because, you know, it happens so much when people are like, oh, well, I'm not racist. 
I don't do I'm not racist, I don't do anything racist. But you're part of racist system. You're part of racist system, you're part of a racist system, you're adding to it and you need to check that so you can so we can, you know, little by little start taking apart the system to take everyone, especially those who benefit from it. And um yeah, and also I did get a lot of like kind of hatred, you know, when I was first making the game, people were hating and saying that I was making I was racist for making the game or I was being racist for making the game. Um, but there's a quote that really guided me and helped me like to just guide me to make this game and finish the game is art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And that was really powerful for me. I'm gonna say that again. Art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. So this game was a perfect example. Those people who were comfortable with the status quo of society, the inequity we have, or oblivious to it, were like stirred by this game, annoyed by this game, <laughs> you know, um, you know, cyberbully, not need for this game. But those people who are experiencing this, like myself, my family, people who look like me, they like the game. They saw themselves in the game, and that really gave me a boost we also like I'm really happy I'm working on something positive because the people who are experiencing this see themselves in it um so obviously um it's something that is tactful to them and they can relate to which just means I'm I'm doing the right thing right well say it's it's an important thing I think for all of us to be a part of uh Perry, and it's great to have something like this to be able to help us to guide us along the way again everyone inequality Opoly is the game the board game of structured racism and sexism in America, we're speaking with the creator, Perry Clemens, who's also a serial entrepreneur and educator as well. Perry, I know you have a great website set up to tell, take us more into the game as well as how our audience can be able to get it for themselves. Let them know how they can find it and stay connected with you. Oh, cool. That's great. So, yeah, my website is inequalityopoly.com um, with no dash, inequalityopoly.com. Please join me there and follow me on my social media, which is also inequalityopoly. And I have one on um, Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. And um, follow me there and join my mailing list because I put out um, blog posts about different topics. We um, dive in because this game, I learned so much about making the game. So I actually put what I learned into blog posts that add more context into different parts of the game. And um, yeah, and thanks so much for your time. This is awesome. Yeah. Look, thank you for, for being a part of our segment today, Perry. Congratulations to you. and looking forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. I want to thank our mutual friend, Nikki Robinson, for setting up this chat with us today. And definitely thank all of you for joining us on the radio side here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADN1.com, as well as our podcast listeners as well. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.